Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. We start a brand new series. Now, it was formerly going to be um, known as Multiply, but we have changed the title to our series, and it's going to be called Love is Our Logo. Love is our logo and the next few weeks we're going to be spending our time on this message and um and uh let me read it to you it's from john chapter 13 verse 34 and i have about three hours to preach this message in about 30 minutes so i'm excited love is our logo john chapter 13 verse 34 and i'm going to read these two verses for you then we're going to jump over to another letter that the apostle john wrote and it's Let me give you a new command, Jesus says. Love one another. In the same way I've loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize. Hear me, he says, this is how. How, What's the this? This is how you would recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love that you have for each other. That's so good right there. And now I want to leapfrog over to 1 John chapter 4. And it says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. I want you to bow your heads from wherever you are and just pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you because you first love us. We're so grateful, God, that we are able to communicate with one another through the the gift of technology that even though we're not physically together lord we can be with one another in our screens thank you for using this beautiful gift lord and i pray that whoever is hearing this message god that you will speak to their hearts in jesus name we pray and everyone shouts amen um i think that everybody's known for something if we were honest today i think that we would all say that we've all said this we've all said this at one point or another we've said yo you know him right there you know he's known for his complaining or maybe you said something like oh you know her she's known for gossiping it was one day this girl i used to work with and um it was so funny because she was known as a gossiper and one time we asked her why do you make up stories and she was like because sometimes it gets boring at work and so we just we need to spice up the work environment (laughs) but we're all we're all known for something and and the question is what is it that you are known for what are you known for we can say that oh he's known for his work ethic and he works so hard there's some people that we can mention right now like people like michael jordan well he's known for being the greatest basketball player of all time we can mention people like michael jackson maybe known as the king of pop we can say somebody like takashi 69 he well He's known nowadays for being a snitch, but that's besides the point. But what are people known for? What are you known for? What am I known for? What is my family known for? What is, what is our church, what is our church known for? What are we known for? My my brother, we're, I'm one of four brothers, one of four sons that my mother had. And my brother, my oldest brother, Raul Remedios, he was known for being a certified gangster up in the streets. He was a gangster. He was known 
for being a gangster. And, and that was a good thing and it was a bad thing for me because as a young man, if I was known as Raul's brother, it would be for my per it would be for my peril or it would be for my benefit. It was like it was kind of like something like this. Oh, you Raul's brother. Well, we got a problem with Raul. He was known for being a gangster, so we got a problem. And I was known as being his little brother, and so we got a problem with you. Or it was like, oh, you Raul's brother, you good. Because he was known for being a gangster. And I know what you're thinking. I was known for being a gangster too. I was. I used to wear my tints. I used to wear my boots. I used to wear my do-rags. But blessed be the name of the Lord, I am now a certified saint before the presence of God. Come on, somebody. Anyhow, what are you known for? What is it that you are known for? What is it that I am known what, what if I ask the question this way? What is your trademark? What is, what is the thing that spots you? What is it the, the thing that people say, yeah, yeah, Rolando, he's known for... What is his trademark? I love that when they look at my son, they look at, oh man, that's your trademark right there. So many times they look at my son's face and they'll be like, oh, you can tell that he's yours. What? That's his trademark. He got your trademark all over him. Or, or what if what if we, we said it this way? What is, what is the thing that represents you? See, companies have something called a logo. And, and what if you would see the golden arches? You could look at the golden arches. I mean, maybe it's up on your screen right now. You could look at the golden arches and you will say, it doesn't need to say McDonald's for you to know it's McDonald's. You can, you can look at the swoosh and you could, and you could say, oh, it doesn't need to say Nike on a sneaker for you to look at the swoosh and be like, oh, that belongs to Nike. You, you could look at the red, white, and blue circle. You can see it and say, oh, that's, that's Pepsi right there. You can look at the... The, the yellow flutters and say, oh, that's Sprint's logo. That belongs to Sprint. You could look at the bitten apple silhouette and what you what would you say? You would say, yeah, that's that's the Apple Corporation. You could look at the, the rainbow um, clip art of a camera and you would say, yeah, that's Instagram. You can see the image of something and say that belongs to an, or, to an organization. I think that's amazing because what if I told you today that God has given us a logo? God has given you a logo. God has, has given those that claim to have faith in Jesus to be followers of Jesus. He has given us a logo and I, I wanna, he has given his representatives a logo and I wanna read it to you right here. Maybe you didn't catch it in the beginning. Let me, let me just break it down to you. He says, let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. Love one another. Now here it goes. He goes, this is how everyone will know. This is how they will recognize that you are my disciples. Hey, this is how people are gonna recognize that you follow me. How? How? When they see the love you have for each other. Ooh, that's so powerful right there. He goes, this is the way you're going to recognize that people, people will be able to see, yeah, yeah, that's, those are Jesus followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same way, if Jesus was right here right now, he would tell you, hey, in the same way that you see the golden arches and you see the Nike swoosh and you say that belongs to Nike and you see the golden arches, you see that and you say that belongs to McDonald's. In the same way that you see the bitten apple silhouette and you say, oh, that is the Apple Corporation. He says, in the same way, when you see the quality of love that people uh, that represent me have for one another, you will be able to see, woo, those are true disciples of God. Love 
is our logo. Now it doesn't say that this is how you will recognize that they are my disciples by the way that they fast. It doesn't say that this is how you will know uh, that they that they are my disciples by how many debates they can win theologically. It doesn't say, well, this is how you're going to recognize. Guys, I want you to listen up. This is how you're going to recognize. The world is going to know that you are my followers by how long you pray. It doesn't say that, oh, they will know about how many scriptures you can quote. It doesn't say they're going to they're going to be able to recognize you by by how good you are, are at articulating scripture. No, it says that this is how they're going to be able to recognize recognize you as my distinct followers it, it, it's it's by the evidence and the uniqueness of the love that you have that cannot be duplicated or fabricated by anything the world has to offer love is our logo and if i can be so bold to speak to our church community right now christ uncensored that is what christ uncensored is it is love in its purest form if I can be so bold, like my heart for this church community and, and my heart for our church online family, for our Kuhau family online, is not that we will be known as a church that has the most brilliant musicians, though we have great musicians. It's not that we will be known as a church that has the most impeccable singers, though our singers are wonderful. It's not that we will be known as the church that has everything all together. My heart for our church community is that we will be known as a church that loves well that when we get to reunite and they can walk in through the doors and the corridors of our gathering they will be able to say man i don't know i don't know what it is but when i walk in through those doors i just feel the love of god or maybe you're tuning in that those that are watching maybe for the first time or are new to this online experience will be able to say i don't know what it is about it there's so many other uh, live streams that we can tune into right now but when i tune into Christ uncensored house of worship when I tune into church online at Kuha there's something about getting into that experience that makes me feel love love is man I feel excited love is our logo and I just want to be honest as well I think that we have the work cut out for us because if we were being honest today historically it's been very difficult for Jesus followers traditionally known as Christians to be viewed for this original logo See, because the first question that if, you, if, if, if you're asking, when you ask somebody that tells you that they're a Christian or they're a Jesus follower, what's the first question? Well, what kind? What kind of Christian are you? Or, or, or what denomination do you belong to? See, because there has been so much rebranding in the body of Christ that when somebody on the outside looking in encounters a representative, they leave more confused. Why? Because he got a logo they got a logo and their logos don't seem to unite and that's because instead of love becoming the logo that unites us what we've chosen to love has become the preferences that divide us see instead of love becoming the logo that unites us the preferences we choose to love become what divide us and that's why we're not known for a love we might be known now for our denominations oh the church historically has now become known for what we stand against and for our intolerance oh what what are we known for we're known for who speaks in tongues and who doesn't 
And so they got a logo and and they don't know or they're known for how they do church this way. And and they're known for their methods and they're known. But but the Bible doesn't say that you will be known for those things. The Bible says that we will be known for for our love. This is the way you would this is the way you would recognize that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And when Jesus says this is just as important as what he says. He says, this is the way you will recognize that you are my disciples. But he, when he says it and in the context, he says it and is just as equally as important. Why? Because it's in this moment that is, is known as the Last Supper. It's one of the most private moments that Jesus has with his disciples. This is the, the quiet time. Maybe one of the, the last times that he'll be able to gather with his disciples and eat. In fact, it's at this moment where he's being the most transparent with his disciples. 24 hours from that moment, Jesus would have already been starved for some time. Jesus would have already been beaten and, and bruised and whipped. They would have, would have already placed a crown of thorns on his head. At this moment, he would have already been beaten with 39 lashes to his back and to his body. At this moment, by this moment, 24 hours later, Jesus would have already been hanging on the cross for the penalty of our sin. 24 hours later, he is in this moment saying this to his disciples, knowing also not just steeped into what's about to happen, but steeped into what has just taken place. Well, what has just taken place, you need to look no further than John chapter 13, verse 1, when it says that what takes place is that John says that Jesus loved his disciples until the end. I think that's brilliant because I think many preachers will point out to you that Jesus is the disciple whom, or, or John is the disciple whom Jesus loved. As a matter of fact, John writes that about himself five times in his own gospel. He says the disciple whom Jesus loved. But in verse 1 of chapter 13, you would read that it says that he loved his disciples. John writes this. He loved his disciples until the end. Could it be that John had a greater revelation of God's love for himself than any of the other disciples did? But he didn't just have it known for himself. He knew that it was for others. He knew that it was for the disciples, all the disciples. But it's in that moment now that the disciples gather in this room and and what begins to happen is is that part of those part of that those 12 was this man judas and judas now jesus wants to begin to wash the disciples feet and he loved his disciples so much that he wanted to leave them with the heart of servanthood and so he takes and sits judas down and he says i want to wash your feet and, and though john was a disciple that jesus loved John makes it clear that Jesus also loved every single one of his disciples. And that one disciple, Judas, he sits him down, he takes off his sandals, and he picks up a towel, and he begins to wash the feet of Judas. He begins to wash the feet of Judas. He goes on one by one washing every single one of his disciples' feet. He goes on to Peter and then Peter begins to object. He begins to teach Peter a lesson on serving others. And, and at that moment, they, they have a discussion about who's going to betray who. And, and Jesus says that he looks at Judas and he says, go do what you already have in your heart, what the enemy has already placed in your heart. Go and do. And it's in the midst of this betrayal. 
It's in the midst of this disloyalty and this treason and this betrayal that Jesus would look at his disciples and tell them, this love is our Lord. See, it's, it's not just what he says, it's in the context he says it in. He, he, he says he walks out and he now looks to his disciples and he says, this love is our logo. And look what he, look what he says. I, I want to read from the message translation. Watch this. It says, when he left, speaking of Judas, when he left, speaking of Judas, Jesus said, now the son of man, now, now when, when Judas leaves, now the son of man is seen for who he is. Woo! So, so when Judas leaves to go betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, Jesus now turns around and looks at his disciples and says, Now I am seen for who I am. And God is seen for who I am. The moment God is seen in him, God's glory will be dis on display. The greatest display of God's glory, can I submit that to you today, is his love. And he says, in glorifying him, he says, you are going to look high. Watch this. You're going to look high and you're going to look low, but you will not be. But I, as I told the Jews, I'm telling you where I go, you cannot come. Now, let me give you a new commandment. New commandment is to love one another. And the world will recognize that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. Now, watch this. John has a serious revelation of who Jesus is now. Now, this is amazing because what begins to happen is that Jesus is essentially saying, he's saying, listen, I, I want you to catch this. You see this love that's being displayed right now? That is the epitome of my glory. Now I'm really being seen for who I am. He doesn't say this when he performs a miracle. He doesn't say this when he walks on water. He doesn't say this when he multiplies food. He says this when he shows the greatest act of forgiveness. He says, this love is my logo. This is the love that I want you to, this is the quality of love I want you to possess amongst each other. This is the kind of love. Now look what he says. Look, th this is crazy. He says, he says, I'm leaving, but you can't come with me. Now, now remember this. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples. In other words, this is how the world will know and recognize that you follow me. How? By the way you love one another. Now, he's saying that when he's also telling them that you can't follow me any longer. He's saying, hey, you can't follow me anymore. But I want you to follow something. You can't follow me anymore, but where are you going that we can't come? No, 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 no. You can't follow, you can't go where I'm going. See, in order for you to know who's, what someone's following, you only need to look a little bit further than where they are. And you'll see it. So in Jesus's earthly ministry, how do you know that those are followers of Jesus? Well, they were following Jesus. You see them walking after Jesus. When Jesus went somewhere, they followed Jesus. But now he's telling them, you can't follow me, but I want you to follow something. He says, the way the world recognized that you were my followers were you when you follow me. But now when I leave, the way the world is going to recognize that you are my followers is when you're led by my love. <sighs> <sighs> and
And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, because in Ephesians, it'll tell you, chapter 3, Ephesians will break it down quickly. It'll tell you, it won't be on your screen, but it'll tell you this. It'll tell you that the Holy Spirit comes so that you can see how wide, how long, how deep, how high is his love for you. And so he says, listen, I'm going to leave. You can't follow me, but you have something to follow. And I want to prove it to you because look what happens in John chapter four. This is the same writer that writes John chapter 13. John chapter first, John chapter four, verse eight. Look what it says. It says, God is love. Remember what he wrote in chapter 13 of John. He says in John that um, now you can see me for who I am. Well, he reveals that in first John chapter eight. He says, God is is love but now in verse 12 look what it says but no one has ever seen god Ooh. no one has ever seen god but see when i hear that i'm thinking he's gonna say but now you can see him but look what he says no one has ever seen god but if you love one another but in verse 8 he said god is love but no one's ever seen god oh but now you can see him by his other name love but how can you see it? You don't see it physically, visibly. You, you can't see his person, but now you can see what he personified while he was on earth, and that is love. But look what it says. It says, but if we love one another, God, love, lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Woo! I want to read this to you the way I wrote it down right here. I, people want to see God. But when they look at the church, they see religion, they see division, they see agendas, they see traditions. But Jesus is saying when people want to see God, all they should have to do is look at his people and see a manifestation of pure, complete, genuine love that would sober them up to the reality of who he is. God is love, therefore love is our logo we have a mission and that's to help people see God but some people will never see God because they have yet to see it in our love love was Jesus's logo and it was evident in how he loved Judas it was so crystal clear the quality of his love in the life of Judas. And maybe you're asking, Pastor Roe, what, what does that mean? Give me some practical handles to understand what is love is my logo. What does that mean? Like, how can I make love what people recognize me for? And I just want to give you two quick points in the next eight minutes. Jesus, number one, write this down. Love is our logo means having a radical acceptance of others. Write that down. Love is our logo means having a radical acceptance of others. And what does that mean? That means that we, we follow what Jesus followed. And, and, and that's pretty amazing because Jesus, have you, have you noticed that Jesus had an uncanny ability to love and accept people who were different from who he was? He would see people, and, and, and I just think that we have it wrong. I think that for, for the most part, traditionally, the church at large has, has, has said, hey, if you look like me, if you worship like me, if, 
If you sing like me, if you preach like me, if you talk like me, if you look like us, if you act like us, then we will accept you. But Jesus says it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what your political view is. I value you and I accept you no matter how different you are. Why? Because Jesus didn't see people as problems to fix, but as lives to be valued. Jesus saw people for more than what was on the surface. And if we're ever gonna be the kind of people that love will be the mark in which people recognize that we follow Jesus, then we have to have this radical acceptance of others. And you know what that means? That means no hidden agendas. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Roe? That it, it means that when you look at Jesus, like I don't know about you, but when I love people, there's my love, the purest of the love that I can conjure up and produce. The most authentic love that Rolando can produce is still stained with the hint of a hidden agenda. And what's the hidden agenda? It's that I hope you'll change. See, I, I love bad people, but I'll love them if, if they'll eventually change. I love my husband. You ever met that girl like, don't worry, sweetheart, I'm going to change him. First of all, no, you not. Second of all, that's our love, isn't it? That's our love on display. Our love is, yeah, I love you. I love you even if you're bad, but I... I'm hoping you'll change. But when you look at Jesus, like Jesus loved Judas with the foreknowledge that Judas would never change. Watch this, watch this. He loved Judas so much that there was no miracle that would change Judas's mind. There was no moment of compassion that he had for someone else that would change Judas's mind. There was no sermon that, or message that he ever preached that would change Jesus' mind. And Jesus still accepted him in his inner circle. Jesus had this uncanny ability to love people, not as associates. Like, I, I'm good with loving people from six feet. But I'm not good at loving people when they get close. Like, if I knew Judas would never change, I'd love him from a distance. But Jesus was able to love people with a capacity that even, watch this, even knowing that the same feet he was washing at this moment, moments later, would walk away from him in betrayal. Can you imagine the magnitude of his love that he is, he is loving, he is loving Judas, he is washing the feet that will walk away, away from him to betray him. He's washing the feet that would walk away from him. He's not washing feet that are going to eventually follow him. He's washing feet that will walk away from him, betray him, and eventually commit suicide and lived eternally departed from his presence. There was nothing that Jesus would do that would ever change Judas's mind, but still Jesus loved him anyway. And if we're going to love and accept radically accept people hear me we need to we need to have this we need to be able to radically accept people
people. What does that mean? That It means that we might not get a thank you. It means that we are going to express love with no expectation of anything in return. It's like when I say I love you to my wife. I say I love you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And then I pause. It's your turn. Right? Because that's what we do, right? But but it's 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 radically accepting people, knowing whether they change or not, I'm still gonna love you. I'm not gonna love you with the motivation that you will change. I'm gonna love you whether you change or not. So that means that I'm gonna love you with no hidden agenda. I'm gonna love you even if later on you don't love me back. I'm going to love you and I'm going to be there for you even if later on you won't be there for me. I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be polite, and I'm going to be loving even if you never show gratitude for it. And maybe you're thinking here, it's like, Pastor Roy, that's impossible. You're welcome. Because that's where we all have to arrive, don't we? We all have to arrive up at a place where we're saying to ourselves, that's impossible. There's, there's just no way. There's just no way. What? You, how could love be my, my logo? How could love be our logo? There's just no way that I'm going to be able to radically accept others. And, and that's a good conclusion because you can't. You can't by yourself. See, it's the bad news and it's the good news all wrapped in one because the truth is that you can't. Why? Because as long as you don't accept God's true, genuine, authentic love for yourself, what you have to offer people is simply the leftovers of your experiences. See, what we end up doing is that we try to love imperfect, broken people with an imperfect, broken love. And so I want to give you the second point, and it's my final point for today, and it's love is our logo means having a radical acceptance of God's love for you. Having a radical acceptance of God's love for you. And I close with this. And when I say close, it doesn't mean anything right now, but it just helps you retune in. Matthew chapter 22 will tell us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, this is powerful. Listen, if you, if you, if you just want to take a pause right here, just, just lean in right now and listen. If you don't hear anything I said throughout this entire message, I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. Hear me. Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It says, love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And then it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think that Jesus is trying to reveal the human condition, isn't he? Well, I got to... I got to love my neighbor, but the only way I could love my neighbor is if I love myself. But the only way I could love myself is if I love God. But the only way I could love God is if I receive his love for me. And so unless we receive God's radical acceptance for us, for ourselves, if, unless we receive the radical acceptance of God's love, we will never be able to genuinely love ourselves. And here's the truth. Many times when we're trying to love our neighbor, we can't because our neighbor is constantly reminding us of the unloving part of ourselves. I can't. I got to love my neighbor the way I love myself. I got to love my neighbor the way I love myself. But do I love myself? I got to love my neighbor the way I love myself, but do I love myself? 
And maybe you're sitting here, of course, I love me. I, I love, I fully accepted who I am. This is how it is. I say what? No, you haven't accepted yourself. You've made exceptions for yourself. See, because only God's pure, authentic love allows you to accept you for who you are, but doesn't keep you who you are. It makes you more like his son, Jesus Christ. And when you are able to do that, what happens is, is that you are now able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because you've received genuine love for yourself. See, Jesus didn't love based on another person. That's why he says, my glory is on full display. And when my glory is on full display, God's glory is on full display. In other words, when I love people, God's love is made perfect in me. And so now God is revealed and now people will see. And they will say, those are my disciples. Man, they're full of God. How? Look at their love. And I want to be honest, as, a, as we close here, I think many of us ask a question, I want to love people, and, and you will not get there unless you, unless you understand that you have to have a radical acceptance of God's love for you. What does that mean? At your ugliest, God's, God loves you. At your worst, God loves you. At your very, at the bottom of the barrel of when you feel the worst, God loves you. He doesn't wait for you to change. God loves you right there. As you are committing the sin, as you're being disobedient to his word, as you're being disobedient to your pastors, as you're being disobedient to your leaders, even at that very moment, God loves you. He can't help but to love you and when you receive that radical acceptance of his grace you are then able to in turn extend that to others and I want to let you right now let you know right now you will never forgive someone more than what God has forgiven you so don't hold back on your love if you're holding back on your love that's a perfect sign that you may not contain the love of God and I just want to welcome you to contain the love of God today I see people that you're, you're in a relationship and you, you can't forgive your, your ex-boyfriend. You can't forgive your ex-girlfriend. You can't forgive people. You can't forgive your father. Why? Because, because the love you possess is the one that you've conjured up. And maybe you've mil- mingled it with some of God's love. And there's God's love here. But I'm not going to let allow God's love to permeate my entire existence and my entire being. But when you live like Jesus lived, he says that my love is not the leftovers of my experiences. If they were, I wouldn't be able to love anybody because they they lied about me, they cursed me, they tried to kill me. And in relationships, sometimes we feel that way. It's like we can't love the people in our past. And God says that you can love the people that have hurt you. The people that remind you of, this is why, this is why you can't, this is why you can't love the person that hurt you. Because when you try to love them, they keep reminding you of the unloving part of yourself. And God wants to let you know today that if you are filled with his love, with the radical acceptance of his grace, that you'll be able to extend that love to others. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're in this moment. Maybe you just tuned in. Maybe somebody shared 
this live stream and, and you found yourself now in your pajamas just staring into your phone or staring into your tablet or maybe on your TV screen and you're saying, man, that there's something about what this man is saying that's really just tugging at my heartstrings because I, I've been trying to love broken people with a broken love. I want to invite you today to be filled and saturated with the grace of God with his love and be fully accepted by God's love and grace. And at the end of this prayer, I want you to just take a moment. You can do two things. You can go to kuhau.com slash new or you can go to uh, or you can just write an email to prayer at kuhau.com prayer at kuhau.com right there in your living room, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, wherever you are, between you and God. Maybe you're in front of your family, but between you and God, would you be so bold that if you say, Pastor Ro, can you pray for me? I want to I receive this love. If that's you, can you just raise a hand right there where you are? Right there where you are. I can't see your hand, but God sees your hand. Just lift up that hand right there where you are. You don't have to lift it up super high, just right there. Just let it be known. And I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, come into my life. I receive your love today. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for my sins on the cross of Calvary and resurrecting on the third day. From this day forth, I declare I am a new creation. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.